Hello and welcome to CHN Radio. This is an emergency podcast and I'm your host Greg Troxell. You can follow me at NUFC underscore Greg. This is interesting because when I closed out our last podcast, I specifically said that our next podcast will be talking about a lifetime contract signed by Rafa Benitez to manage Newcastle until he dies. That, surprisingly, is not the reason why we're here today. And to bring you that information, I'm going to be joined with the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Toonsome, Elijah Brunsome, Elijah Smoke Them Meatsome, mm. Elijah Pulled Porksome, mm. Elijah Brisketsome, Elijah Baby Bag, Baby Bag, Baby Bag, Baby Bag, Ribsome, mm. Elijah Underscore Newsome. How you doing? I'm good. I'm stuffed. Um, been a good holiday. Uh, shout out to uh, all the people who are celebrating holidays. Um, I know in the UK they've got the bank holiday. In America we've got Memorial Day. Hope you guys ate food, drank beer, all that good stuff. If you want to see my meats, I tweeted them out on our main account at Coming Home in UFC. And if you want to see some funny tweets that have nothing to do with anything, follow me at Elijah underscore Newsome. Shout out to the bandwagon fans we're about to get. <laughs> shout out to them. <laughs> Yeah, if, you, if you're listening to this and you're a bandwagon fan, because you know, like there's been some massive takeover or something like that, and Newcastle are good. You're like, I want to act like I was there the whole time, and you found this podcast, and you went all the way back to like before the takeover actually happened, and you're listening to this podcast now. Hello, rate us five stars. That's a great sec. That's beautiful. So let yeah. so let's talk about what's been going on. So. uh Reports have surfaced that this, and this is interesting, and we'll get into this, but it isn't that somebody is interested in buying Newcastle United. The reports are that somebody has bought Newcastle United, at least agreed to terms. So mm. we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. Um, we're gonna try to do like a a timeline of events first, and then just give our thoughts on it. So. I guess we'll we'll start with you, Elijah, because you wrote an article on this about the interest of them buying the club. So why don't you start and just kind of start from the very beginning and catch us up to now and go from there. Yeah. Um, so uh, pretty late in the day, Eastern time, which means it was like really late at night in, uh, in the UK, uh, the sun released an article, um, claiming that, uh, <laughs> that, um, that a member of the Royal family in UAE, uh, Sheikh, Sheikh Khaled, who is apparently the half-brother of Manchester City owner uh, Sheikh Mansour, has agreed in principle to purchase Newcastle United from Mike Ashley for three of, for a fee of £350 million. Um, this came out of nowhere, and it shocked the world. It came at the most inconvenient time for everyone, as uh, there was a ton of journalists. I think George Culkin, or Luke Edwards, actually, was 
literally traveling to cover the Europa League final. Um, it's a bank holiday. Like People were already drinking. Uh, some journalists were drunk already. And this news dropped, and so everyone, no one knew anything uh, last night when this first came out, except for what the Sun was claiming, which was that um, an agreement's been put in place, like, the deal should be done soon, um, that keeping Rafa Benitez is a priority, um, much investment's going to happen, and no one kind of knew what how to address this and people reach out to the club journalists reach out to the club asking for responses um reach out to personal sources the club no one at the club had any response um which kind of was odd because usually members of the newcastle uh members of newcastle kind of comment on things and so we decided uh let's give it a day and today um more and more things uh came up so for starters people started investigating Sheikh Khaled. Um, so we do know that he was a part of a joint bid um, by a Chinese consortium and him to buy Liverpool for a record-breaking £2 billion. Pounds. Um, and that deal fell through because, as George Calkin of the Times and, jeez, um, what is this guy's name? Adam Kraft said uh, they did not submit their down payment and proof, proof of funds. The down payment was £25 million. Pounds. Um, and you had to submit proof of funds. Additionally, Craig Hope um, and uh, and geez, and Adam Kraft came out today saying that there was talks that people thought they were bluffing, et cetera, et cetera. They couldn't be trusted. Um, but essentially, that deal didn't happen. Um, whether you want to believe it was all because of how much money Sheikh Khaled had or if it was because um, he was working with a group, you're working with a consortium, it's kind of complicated. It's people back out last minute that doesn't matter what matters is that um as we as they went on more and more information came out so the chronicle is the first to get information from the club naturally they're there um with uh, members of the club uh representatives sources whatever you want to call them saying that there's interest from this group that's true um and that they're in a stage of um like it's not as far along as people say people are thinking um i guess the big the big story last night was that the deal was basically done, and today the Chronicle said it's not really close to being done. Um, later on in the day, uh, journalists from the UAE were saying that the deal was done, so it was very confusing. And then the Chronicle got an official statement from the Bin Zayed group, which is the group that uh, Sheikh Khaled, Khaled, I don't know how to say his name, that he runs, and they said that an agreement's paid. They're working quickly to get the deal complete. Um, if you haven't read the statement, um, it go- pretty much goes as followed. We view it as an honor. We, uh, sorry, we can confirm that representatives of His Highness Sheikh Khaled bin Zayed Al Nahan are in discussions with Mike Ashley and his team about the proposed acquisition of Newcastle United Football Club. We view it as an honor and opportunity to build on the strong support, history, and tradition of the club. We agreed to terms and are working hard to complete the transaction at the earliest opportunity. So that's where we are now. Like, we know that. Um, I guess the only things that are kind of left are. Um, since they claim an agreement's been made, and Mike Ashley obviously hasn't said anything, uh, I guess the only things left are official combing over of contracts, um, and then, of course, the Premier League owners and directors test, which means the approval by the FA. Um, And, I mean, whether or not this is included in the sale of the club, um, potentially any contract negotiations for certain staffers, uh, like a sporting director or Rafa Benitez, potential contract extension. But, yeah, that's where we are. in short, the club could potentially be sold as early as this week. And that oh is... Oh, my 
Lord. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, the, um, the reports on the Abu Dhabi side um, are stating that this Friday we would Yeah. Do. So that's that's something that we and, – and I've reached out to a few people. I haven't heard anything back. I know it's super crazy right now that everybody's trying to piece together information. Um, but the reports on their side are saying that the deal is done and we'll know on Friday – the reports on like England side is like they are saying the the deal is done. But the the interesting thing, and I I kind of like mentioned this in the intro, but the difference between this and the others are that this is sudden. This is a like the deal is done. Not like oh Amanda Staveley is interested in buying Newcastle United. Uh, not that's not where the sources came from. The sources are here because it's a done deal. This has been completed, um, so it, there's a lot of it's it's a, it feels completely different because the information is completely different. Uh, it, it's it's exciting for sure. Uh, this guy's worth 18 billion. That's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, and his <laughs> and, investments groups like worth 25 billion. Yeah, yeah. The the group I think is like tw- yeah 23 point something. Uh, just... Insane. Like yeah, it's a lot of money. Amount. <laughs> yeah, so uh, literally everything could change for Newcastle United, um, and that's why we wanted to do this. So let's let's talk about the background of this person. Okay, let's get Sheik, into it. Uh, what we know about him, because I'm hearing conflicting reports. So the first reports that came out that uh, what's his name, <laughs> Sheik bin. I'm gonna have to remember this name. Just say I'm gonna home call my boy, my homeboy Khalid. DJ. DJ Khalid. So, we can't call him DJ Khalid. That's that's definitely not allowed. <laughs> yeah, we, we, what should we call him? The Sheik. The Sheik. All right, so the Sheik. Uh, it came out that that he's half brother of Man City's owner, and. Which is interesting because some people are also saying that's not true now. Well, I think the issue is that, so Craig Hope had this ridiculous tweet um, that basically was like, um, yeah, okay, I I just have to pull it up. And we sent it in our group earlier, but basically he's like saying, he was basically being the pessimist and saying like, hey, like, slow slow your roll, this guy's not, yeah, here it is, it says, some sources express caution over claims the Newcastle takeovers Newcastle takeovers been agreed. We're told Sheikh Khalid is not related to Man City owner and Liverpool source. Source described the group as time wasters. Um, obviously, from the Liverpool side, they're going to describe the group as time wasters. Again, a joint bid. Um, it's very weird because like the 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 Daily Mail's contradicting themselves because they are the people who actually corrected the son and said this guy's the half-brother and named his father and said he was the youngest of 19 sons. So there's a lot of evidence stacking up saying that he's this guy's half-brother. Um, I don't know if people realize this, but I'm going to go out on a limb, and I think because it's a half-brother, like the guy probably had, um, his father probably had multiple wives, um, which is not uncommon. Um, and... Like, he's just the product of a different wife and is not, like, blood-related outside of anything besides him sharing the same father to the guy from Man City, which is kind of, I guess, because the big concern is that, like, they're not, they're, like, in the same family, like, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
and the original report said that they were cousins, and then that kind of got skewed to brothers, and then it kind of got, like, rehashed as half-brothers. So I think they are half-brothers, which is, like, I guess not as related as people initially assumed. I don't know. It's it's messy. But the article didn't really do anything to refute the claim that they were half-brothers, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, and this is an interesting tweet that I saw from Chris Holt. If you don't know who Chris Holt is, you can find him at Big Chris Holt. It's a must-follow in the Newcastle circles. He said, while Man City were bought out, Solomon Al-Fahim was the face of the deal. His personal value was neither here nor there as he represented Abu Dhabi United Group. Within a week of the deal completing, he was replaced by Khaldun Al-Mubarak. So, like, so the face of the deal, the face of that deal to buy Man City wasn't the actual owner. Um, in this case, the Bin Zaid Group is worth twenty-three billion, and whoever is representing them in this deal is the person who will eventually be owning them. Not it may not be this person per se. I, I mean, that's just a guess, but it's an interesting point that a similar group did the same thing, and the person who was the face of it didn't actually wasn't actually the owner. Yeah, kind of just it, hiding it. <laughs> yeah, and they and they did they did double down on the fact that like they could be distant relatives, and they said that in the article from the Daily Mail that like it's potential that uh, Sheikh Sheikh Khalid is not from the same Bin Zayed family as a city owner, which is just now confusing, and could possibly be from a different emirate which is Dubai, which, oh, sorry, he's not from Abu Dhabi, he's from Dubai, it's another insanely wealthy nation, and could be a distant relative. I'm still very confused. Um, I don't know how that doesn't claim he's not a half-brother, because that could still mean he's a half-brother, but I don't know. It's it's very messy. I don't really care, honestly, if he's related to the guy from Man City or not, because like I feel like that was thrown out as, like a, hey, this guy has money, but, like, if you just search the guy's name, it's very obvious he has money. Like, he, his net worth is out there in public. The group's net worth has been uh, produ- presented. Like, I think that was kind of the big stickler was, like, oh, this guy's related to the guy with Man City, which means he's rich. But, like, hey, like, we knew he was rich already. He could be, like, nowhere near related to this guy. And, like, he could marry this guy, and we know that he's rich. <laughs> That's yeah. not realistic, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, the and Another interesting thing is that Newcastle United didn't uh, didn't decline. Like, so they said, they basically said they agreed. They said, yes, we are in talks, but they didn't say that the deal was done. They politely declined to mention those things. That's huge, too, because, before, like, I, I guess they... Agreed. They said that Stavely. That they were talking to Stavely too. Did yeah. they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They well, did. I think it's because I'm pretty sure you can't say you can't. Well, no, the only club, people that know are say, Ashley, yeah. right? Well, yeah, but also, I mean, like as a like you, I, I guess on the club side, you're not supposed. to... It's not. I feel like if it hasn't been approved by the FA, it's not wise to come from the club side and agree then like agree with the statement that like a deal's been agreed upon you see what i'm yeah. saying because that could jeopardize the whole fa review i mean no one knows how what the fa does and well we know what they do but no one knows how they think and like i don't know you just don't want to chance it i think is really kind of you're playing it safe by just saying yes we're in talks with them that's public knowledge now um yeah. whether or not a deal's done like just you're just gonna have to wait you know that kind of thing <sighs> 
man, it's this is crazy. Um, the the quote that you read really stated it. Like it's it's a pretty bold claim to email the Chronicle unprompted and to say that yes, we have agreed to terms. Now we're just going to work hard to get this done as soon as possible. And that's just unreal. Re- real quick, shout out to Mark Douglas um, and and Lee Ryder. Um, and I don't know who else worked on this, but I will say this, and there's there's proof. Um, one, they learned from their mistakes, and when they got letters from Peter Kenyon, that was, I mean, and I'm pretty sure they were told not to publish that, but this one, uh, Mark Douglas actually posts, he literally posted a screenshot, you can go to his Twitter, um, of the email that was sent to the Chronicle um, by this group. Like, he posted the, the actual screenshot, screen grab, the official release that they sent, um, so it's like, okay, we know this is coming from this guy. Um, which, because I'm pretty sure when people, the, the Kenyan letter that was, um, revealed, it was a lot of pushback on that because one, there was no real direct quotes from the letter. Um, it was never like posted in full. So people were like, is this letter even real? And two, like the Chronicle wouldn't reveal how they obtained the letter or show any proof that, you know, the letter existed and this they're upfront, like, Hey, this existed. It, this exists. This is exactly what it says verbatim. You take it as you want. And then shout out to them additionally because they did say that there was a group. They said this last week. There was a group that's pretty far along in the uh, in the takeover process. And they're in the data room stage. And people literally, excuse my friend, shat on them for like an entire day. And was like, you guys are full of it. Stop reporting, tra- tar- stop reporting takeover rumors. And I mean, regardless of what happens, they technically were right. So um, shout out to them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really good, really good work there. So let let's dive into we we have all the information. Is there any other information that you want to share about this? Um, I I mean about what I, we know. Yeah, I think that's good. I mean, I think every journalist kind of has the same um, perspective, like kind of shares the same. Um, what does it say? Like attitude towards this. I think there's a lot of optimism from the journalists, which is. Honestly, a little bit newer. Um, I feel like there wasn't that much optimism on Kenyon. Stavely was just kind of drawn out. Um, but this one, journalists seem pretty optimistic, um, but also skeptical because like their reputations are on the line yet again. And like this fan base does not remember. They only remember the bad. Like we rarely remember the good under Mike Ashley um, yeah. or any you know, like even for all the great scoops that the, like the Chronicles got and great player interviews and great interviews that. Um, like Luke Edwards and Craig Hope and Keith Downey and all these guys have gotten like the sit down with Stavely and like the interviews with former managers and stuff. Like people don't remember any of that. They only remember that time you gave us false hope for three days <laughs> um, yeah. and they just will take a dump on you. So I rightfully so they're skeptical. They're skeptical. They're skeptical, not skeptimistic. That's a new word. Write that down. If you're listening, skeptimistic, skeptimistic, book it, new word, (laughs) send it to Merriam Webster. Let's send it to Sheik Khalid. Mm. Yes, we need to figure out, we need a pronunciation. Yeah, we're going to get a nickname. By next pod, we'll have a legit nickname. SK. Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like uh, names in his name. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I mean, most people are calling him Sheik Khalid, which means I want to call him SK. Because I don't want to say the full name. I've I'm that lazy. So uh, just, just just because of laziness, you're not. You don't want to say the name. 
Yeah, I mean, unless it's we come S-K-B-Z-A-N. with it. S K B Z A N. Oh God, That sounds like that. Literally sounds like. She Khalid bin Zayed Al Nahyan. Yeah, you can have that. Um, let's get into some questions. Yeah. Like, so just general so, general questions. Yeah. So the next. So, so the first thing that everyone wants to know is like, what happens? Like, say this deal goes through. What's next for Newcastle United? Yeah. Um. It's it's a complicated question. Um. I think. I mean, rightfully so. A lot of people are looking back at what Man City did because of the link of relatives or oil money. I don't really care what you want to call it. You can even look at what PSG did. Um, you initially don't make a bunch of signings off the bat. Um, so if Newcastle fans, there was some article that I saw that was like potential Newcastle starting eleven if the takeover happens, and it's got like Newcastle signing like five or six players worth like more than 20 mil and it's like that's that's not realistic like no one's gonna drop 200 mil the first summer um so i i and someone said and i think the first sign they made uh man city was i think fernandinho for 32 and a half mil um and i think that's a realistic signing i think he's gonna if you want to you're talking signings if you want to put down a, a strong footing and you you're staying with rafa um then you make a signing that's like of that twenty-five to thirty million range, whether that be Wesley Moraes or whatever. Um, yeah, make that signing. But I think obviously the first thing that has to be done is you need to decide Rafa's future. And from what Dave, from what from what we've read, it does seem like the group wants to keep Rafa Benitez, which is a no-brainer because if you don't keep him, they're like, who are you going to hire? Like, who's available? Um, and so. That's a that's kind of an obvious one, um, but yeah, you keep Rafa, and I guess you make one big signing and try to fill out the squad, make and do business as usual. Because you got to remember, Rafa's been scouting players and sending scouts out based on the Mike Ashley budget of like, yeah, you'll maybe get one twenty mil plus signing, um, and some free transfers. So we'll see. Yeah, um, yeah, this could. I, I think I think you're right on the fact that you'll you'll see like you'll see our transfer record shattered. But it's going to be shattered by like ten mil mm-hmm. um, initially, and then it's just going to expand from there. Uh, to who knows? Who knows how high? But yeah, uh, and the, the potential is literally limitless here. It's amazing. Yeah, and I'd also add, I think um, the next step after that, which is I think the more important thing, is like, all right, what are you going to do after? like that transfer window because all the attention is going to be in the transfer window and we get that but like what's your next step because Rafa has been very vocal about let's we need to revamp the academy and I think everyone's been pretty vocal about the state of facilities at Newcastle and I think like a good move on whoever the next owner is is like Stavely did she announced like this is what I want to do I want to improve the stadium I want to expand it um expand the capacity I want to improve the training ground and like if I'm Sheik Khaled, I'd do the same thing. Like in October or August or right before the season, I don't care when you do it, announce that you intend on upgrading facilities. Um, if you don't already have a plan, um, like, I don't know, you just, you make that. Yeah, like, you got to build the infrastructure first. Exactly. Because like, if you just go all in on just like, just trying to recruit players, it's like, I mean, it's cool that you're recruiting players, but like, they're going to turn you down once they see your facilities if they're crap. Like, you're not going to get the best 
youth academy players to build your academy if like your facilities at your training ground and your academy are terrible like yeah you know that kind of whole thing it it's it's almost like like you can't get to your destination if there's no road to get there and that's like why you need to build infrastructure first <laughs> yeah it's, it's a i think it's pretty straightforward there um and then like do you think this is likely is this something that is definitely going to happen in your eyes like you can, the yes you can, meter it yeah, oh, man you can never say definitely um but i'll say this graham bale is the most skeptical person um at our what, site who did you say graham oh i thought you said graham bale no oh, no it's just okay. graham is yeah Graham, Graham, and maybe I did. Roll the tape back. If I said Graham Bale, uh, go ahead. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, I said Graham Bell. Well, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm that's why sure I, I thought that's his name, but I just wanted to make sure. Because no relation to Gareth. Sound like Gareth. <laughs> yeah, um, but he's easily the most skeptical writer on our site, and we've mentioned some of his stuff. If you're new to the pod, Graham has been a Newcastle fan and he is a Jordy, lives in Newcastle, has a book that is coming out about his like his journey as a Newcastle fan essentially. Um is an amazing guy, but he's seen like he's seen this story seven times. This is I think this is the eighth time we've had yeah. takeover talks um under the the Mike Ashley era. So Rightfully so, he was skeptical, and even now he's less skeptical. Um, I'd say there's like a 72% chance this happens. Um, and like you said, I think the big kicker for me is that this came out of nowhere. Um, you know, I think with Stavely and Kenyon, there was a whole buildup because Ashley announced he wanted to sell the club. And the Chronicle had been, right, like, been literally talking about all these different groups linked and this one, it was kind of out of nowhere. The only kind of big transfer, not transfer, takeover leak, like rumor we'd had was the Oleki group, who was that was like, hey, they're interested in a club, and it could be Newcastle, but it's like, we don't even know if they had approached the club, and eventually the Chronicle came out and said they had approached the club, and nothing really happened, et cetera, et cetera. But like, this literally came out of nowhere, and you said this on, when we were talking about Kenyon, I believe, and you said that like most times when teams get taken over like it comes out of nowhere and like the deal's just done like yeah the first time you're hearing of it is like a couple weeks or a week or so before the deal's like officially announced to confirmed and so that's why this makes me a little bit more optimistic and i think the other thing for me is that like i know how i already know this guy has money i think that's the other thing is that you look at like the past takeover rumors that we've had to deal with especially looking at Stavely and Kenyon you look at Stavely who like we know she's able to broker deals and has access to access to funds but at the end of the day like Amanda Stavely herself is not she's not wealthy enough figure to you know run a club by herself she still needed backers Peter Kenyon legitimately is possibly not even a multi-millionaire like he probably is but like he was just a sporting director at at, at uh, Chelsea. Like he just knows people, and he was putting together a consortium. So it's like we didn't like. That's why those were like even even though we knew some, and the sagas lasted forever. It was like at the end of the day, like these people, we don't know how if they have money, if they can even afford it. And we even wrote about it. Like we wrote articles about like, hey, is Amanda Stavely buying the club actually good for Newcastle? Because we don't even know if she can afford the club yet. And same with Peter Kenyon. 
and this time it's like, all right, well, this guy, like, we know he has money. Um, yeah, and no, for a sure. lot of it. <laughs> it's like this should not be an issue in terms of can he afford the club and can he afford to invest in it. It's not an issue. Yeah. And that, yeah, I think, I agree. and I think that was the thing with Mike is that like, honestly, if I'm Mike Ashley. I'm selling to the first guy that's like, hey, I can give you 350 million pounds cash, like, right now. Like, I don't see why Mike... There's no reason Mike Ashley doesn't get this done. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see about that. Um, the next thing is... is Wait, you didn't answer. What's your what's your uh, BS meter on it? Oh, no, I think this is legit. And it's the same reason that you said it. The fact that the deal is reported as done, not interest. Yeah. Um, that's that's the biggest key for me. If that's what yeah. I'm looking for. Same yeah, with like, transfer yeah. rumors, like oh, Newcastle's interested in this. You know, everyone knows who listens to this. This is my pet peeve. Like one said, oh, Newcastle interested in this player. Well, yeah, we're also interested in Ronaldo and Messi and Mbappe, but like we're not going to buy them. That's not realistic. So well, like not- I want to hear that a player is coming over for a medical. Then I'm going to believe it more. And this is that. Like right now, they're in the medical stage of a transfer. <laughs> yeah, and uh, even then, as we've seen, Newcastle can screw it up at this point. Shout out Jordan Lukaku. <laughs> yeah, um, and then there's the morality question from this is, yeah. which I think people say like oil money separates like the culture from the club and and all that stuff. So, are you morally okay with the oil money idea of buying Newcastle United? And my answer is simply yes. Yeah. Um, I think if you're ta- if you're gonna talk to, I mean, and there's there's a couple moral things. You've got the whole like the elite in the UAE very well like have a ton of human rights violations. And to that, I say, if you think your own country and the elite in your own country aren't committing multiple human rights violations, I hate to break it to you, buddy, but like that is how the world works. It's unfair and it sucks. But your Nike shoes were literally made by people who are making below a livable wage in a sweatshop somewhere in Taiwan. Like, that sucks. What are you going to do about it? And so it's like, if people have that view, they have that view, and that's okay. Um, as, it term, as it relates to killing the culture of a club, there's no owner uh, in the Premier League that has successfully killed or has tried to kill the culture of a club, whether intentionally or unintentionally. Um, more than Mike Ashley, who's literally a cancer to Newcastle United and does not care about the club. Um, and so getting literally anyone else in um, is an upgrade as an owner, um, just because like he he's just like such a bad owner. And um, I don't know if oil money is going to potentially change the fan base in Newcastle because the Jordy fan base is already so vast. I mean, I had a, a one of my friends who just started following Newcastle after the Amarone uh, saga. It was like, oh, get ready for the influx of bandwagon fans. I was like, dude, there's. It's not gonna be like City, where like City literally had no fans. It's like if you're a Man City fan, it's obviously a bandwagon fan. Like people are gonna be afraid to say, oh, you're a Newcastle bandwagon fan because it's like you might bark up the wrong tree and get punched in the face by a guy who's been following the tune for like 25 years. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if that's going to really be that big of an issue. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm morally okay with this. Yeah. I, the the question, the thing that opposing fans chant is where were you when you were shit? Yeah. And our answer was recording this podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my answer was writing, uh, writing match reviews for Newcastle championship matches that I had to live stream on my laptop yeah. because you can't watch them in America 
and just literally i remember writing match reports for matches based on the newcastle match report because the match wasn't even being broadcast anywhere and wasn't on and they didn't have nufc radio so it was just like there's just no way to find out how newcastle is playing against like i don't know Charlton Athletic. I don't even know if they were in the Premier League. They were. No, no, Preston North End. Yeah, Preston North End. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Championship. Yeah, so, yeah, if you want to know, yeah, that's that's where I was. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we have two more questions, and then we'll we'll get out of here. Um, The first one I'll answer, and you'll close out. Um, So, Newcastle's next move, once this happens, and that's assuming we re-sign Rafa, uh, the next move that I think is going to happen is... It's going to be like your marquee signing and like a name that, that everyone knows. And I think it's Juan Mata. The link's already there. There's already yeah. a connection with Rafa and his father, agents. Um, and I think that's a signing that just gets done. If a, if a signing like this happens, I think it's just something that... I mean, if a, if a takeover happens, I think this signing happens. It's just a name everyone knows. It's, it makes sense. Um, yeah, and from it's reports, it seems like the player seems like he's okay with it. So I think that's that's the first thing that happens, and I don't think any Newcastle supporter is going to have a problem with that <laughs> at all. Um, have, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I, I think have, happens. I have a what? similar answer. I'm going to go uh, Salman Rondon release clause activated uh, because that's that's chump change to this guy, and whether or not Rondon's the starting yeah, but number nine. Chump change? Would he not go for someone a little bit more than chump change? Well, I think I uh, let me finish. You know, I think even though even if he's a backup to whoever you have now, the cult like the the players love him. Rafa loves him. The fans love him. It's a great PR signing for one, and it's like it's it's not a bad signing regardless because you already saw the impact he had with the squad last season in terms of his work rate, in terms of the chances created, all that stuff. So I think it's something that could potentially still happen because even if you spend 25 million pounds on a Wesley Moraes or whatever, if they cannot adjust to Premier League like immediately off off rip off the bat, like you're then now stuck in the same situation you were beforehand where it's like, all right, well, we gambled on this guy and we were kind of have to wait to January to sign someone who's going to be proven and competent when it's like, we can get this proven and competent guy and then still go out and get these other guys because we now have the funds in order to do so. So I do think that like, I would be, I wouldn't be, I don't, I don't know. I'd be kind of shocked if, uh, if, if Rondon wasn't signed, uh, just personally, I don't know. Yeah. And then my last, our last question before we head out, uh, is, would you be okay with this takeover if they said they wouldn't be signing Rafa? Yeah, this is something that came up on Twitter, which I don't even know where this came from, and it's been asked all over, uh, because it's just like, even though like the initial report said the first line, like one of the first lines is like, uh, Sheik Khalid Khalid wants to re-sign Rafa. Everyone's like, oh, you know, would you rather have this? Or not have Rafa, and I think the answer is I think I would rather have this because there's no guarantee. There, like, there's no guarantee one that Mike Ashley sells the club again, and it's like, yeah, we'll have Rafa for the next three years. But if it's like three more years of Mike Ashley being a terrible owner, then we won't have Rafa ever. It's like 
if this guy doesn't choose to re-sign Rafa off the bat, there's still a potential that Rafa could re-sign, and there's still like the potential that you'd bring in another manager that's going to be competent enough and going to be ambitious and want to win, like Jose Mourinho or something like that. Um, so I don't know. I'd be fine if this guy was like, I'm not going to re-sign Rafa. It would suck. I would be really pissed. But I would be more pissed if Mike Ashley is like, I'm going to re-sign Rafa and give him a £10 million budget for the summer. Yeah, Rafa, if, if say for some reason he isn't at the club, he accomplished what his goal was, which would, was to make Newcastle United a world power in football. Mm-hmm. And that's what would happen if this takes yep. place. And whether he's there or not, like he accomplished the goal. Um, so either way, like, yeah, I want him to stay, and that's at all costs, first thing I want done. But he would, either way, the goal is complete for him. Like, he made Newcastle something it, I guess you could argue it was, but probably never was before. Yeah. Depending on and, what, what this guy can do. So pretty amazing stuff from, like, just that we're even in this position. It's incredible. Yeah. Owners are harder to play, harder to replace than managers. I'll say that. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard to find a new owner. Um, yeah, but yeah, dude, this is uh, exciting stuff. Yeah, really cool. Do you have anything else that you would say before we close out? Um, yeah, uh, just stay tuned into the site. Um, uh, we'll be posting up. Stay stuff on this. tuned. Yeah, you know. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, keep keep it posted. We got some other series coming out as well that you know are not as interesting as takeovers um but are equally cool like we're doing a nice little player review uh, series right now so check that out and we've done some some uh chn uh, staff awards that we've given out to players so check that out as well um other than that dude i don't know dude i'm trying to sleep this uh this meat off that's kind of what i'm about to do. <laughs> there you go all right well thank you for listening to this emergency podcast of chn radio We'll definitely keep you up to date with everything. And and like we said on our season review podcast that if anything changes or any big updates happen, we'll we'll bring you more. Um, So we're not, we're not done on our end. You'll, you'll get more as more comes up. So hopefully the next one is still Rafa signs a lifetime contract. And then the next day we have to get another one because Newcastle United has been purchased by a billion, an 18 billion. That would be ideal. But until then, (laughs) yeah, until then, give us a follow on all of our Twitter accounts. You know what they are. And if you don't know what they are, just go back to the beginning of the podcast and or any podcast for that matter. And then we will be in touch very shortly. I'm your host, Greg Troxell. That is the best co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. And this is Blade Races and the way the last. I got two black eyes in the pool canoes and gathered to bleed in reasons.
Thank <laughs> you. 